Hello, how are you? I hope you're sitting down, having a good time, and you're ready to listen to my dulcet tones. That is the first time I've ever described my own tones as dulcet before, and you know what? I didn't really like it. It was a bit unsettling. But I hope you had a good weekend, a good week since I last spoke to you. It was, um, of course, a big weekend because it led into uh, the 20th of April, which some of you already know, some of you uh, stoneheads, stoners, stone dudes are nodding sagely along to me saying, uh, acknowledging the 20th of April because that was 420 if you go by the American calendar. And as some of you will know, 420 is the international sign for um, smoking smoking grass, man. Smoking weed. It started in uh, America in the 70s. Some school children in high school were like, uh, hey... What are we going? To, what's our? What's going to be our fucking sign, man, for smoking weed? And another one of them, the smartest guy, said, "You know the way we meet every day to smoke a joint at about twenty past four. Why don't we call the fucking? Why don't we say? Why don't we use that as a code?" So then they started going, "Hey, man, four twenty? Yeah, four twenty. So that meant I meet you and we'll smoke a joint twenty past four. And then somehow that caught on, and it spread around the world until now." Idiots wear it on a t-shirt. And I only noticed that like recently. But it's been around for 40 or 50 years or some crazy stuff. But I only heard 420 maybe in the last six years. But maybe I'm square man. So yeah. And 420 was the big day. The 20th of April. It's like Christmas for stoners. I hope if you were taking part. That you had a nice time. had a good day. Uh, if any of you did that, um, maybe some of you had a joint at 420 on 420. I wonder what that's like. That must be an amazing experience. That must be like fucking, that must be an experience. You know, I wonder what happens. I wonder, you know, if you spoke a joint at 420 on 420, that's double 420s. That's 840, you know, that's crazy. You probably get a visitation from jesus but probably not our jesus the weed jesus who would the weed jesus be probably oh obviously bob merrily who else could it be so he comes if you smoke a joint at 420 on 420 he comes in and he gives sings you a song and he gives you a big massive 12 skinner and uh he flies away again jesus and bob merrily really had a if you think about it uh, their trajectories were similar. Both were born of virgin mothers. Um, both performed miracles. Jesus, the miracle of turning water into wine, raising the dead. Bob Marley, the miracle of making white the white man like reggae. <laughs> and then both died at the hand of the Roman Empire and were reborn. And now sit at the right hand of our of of God, but yeah, I hope you had fun if you did do that. Uh, I hope you had enough snacks uh, for the munchies. And another important, well, not important, but another thing of note 
and it happens on 420 is uh, it's the anniversary of the birth of Adolf Hitler and Adolf Hitler was a very bad man and he was born on the 20th of April I'm not sure what year I think it was like 1889 I'm gonna guess and he is that's his birthday and it's, a, it's kind of ironic that the most evil man in the world ever his birthday is also like the, the day of you know the drug of hippies you know what I mean of peace nicks and Hitler was that's his day and Hitler never smoked weed as far as I know never read anywhere that he smoked weed he wasn't a pot pothead <laughs> that reminds me of um, when I was a young man 16 years old and it was July 16th 2002 I think I'm almost certain and it was the day that Ireland were knocked out of the World Cup by Spain it was also the day I asked out my first girlfriend which was a disaster because she ended up cheating on me with a bit with a fella from Iraq I don't know if I talked about this before or not but she cheated on me with a guy from Iraq and uh, not that that's problematic or anything but at the time it was noteworthy because she cheated on me with him at about like 2004 2005 and that was right in the height of like the Iraq war so if a girl and there was no Iraqi people in Ireland before that so I was like to my friend oh she left me man I found her uh, downtown with a guy from Iraq and my friend said oh he must have had a weapon of mass destruction in his pants you know which wasn't very helpful but anyway that happened I asked her out I asked um or Ireland were knocked out of the World Cup and my father caught me smoking well he said he saw me smoking weed but he didn't say he saw me smoking weed or hash or a joint he said he saw me smoking pot <laughs> and uh, when I heard him say the word pot if I wasn't so concentrated on my denial of the truth I would I almost say I would have I nearly pissed myself laughing right in his face so that was June or well, no, July 16th 2002 one of you know a very important day in the life of Shane but yeah Hitler man he didn't smoke weed but I my sister got me a book called Blitzed it's called and uh, it's about how the the Nazis the top guys the upper echelons I'm talking Hitler Himmler Goebbels Hess those dickheads they were all out of their minds for the whole fucking war on speed they were taking speed uh, to keep them going you know but it wasn't like the speed that you'd get in a nightclub and you'd take with a guy called Ian you know it wasn't the speed that you buy off some dodgy man in the low field in Tralee at 2 o'clock in the morning on a Saturday you know it was like came from a doctor so it was legitimate in their eyes you know what I mean it's like Elvis he was so anti-drugs he was anti the Beatles and Bob Dylan because he said hey man they uh, promote drugs they promote drugs man thank you very much and he went to President Nixon met him um, when he was out of his mind and he became a honorary 
anti-drugs officer, whatever they're called, narcotics officer. So, uh, and the whole time he was out of his mind. But here, man, I got these, I got these pills from a doctor. You know what I'm saying? These are, these are all right. So that was like Hitler. Hitler was like Elvis in many ways. And yeah, but he was on speed the whole time, according to this book. And if you look at old footage of him, you can see his hands tremoring the whole time. And they say it might have been Parkinson's or something like that, but the industrial amounts of speed probably did not help the shaking, you know? And But imagine, I mean, he was on that during the whole war. And when you look at his decisions in the fucking war, you know, and take into account that he was out of his mind the whole fucking time, kind of makes a bit more sense. Because if you think about all the times you were uh, on intoxicated on something or other alcohol or something more illicit and think of the decisions you fucking made you know when you wake up on a Sunday morning going oh fucking hell what did I do you check your phone and you're like oh my god I text him I text him I told him I love him oh no you know or you check your bank account and you're like oh my god 270 euro how how? You get flashbacks to the decision you made of buying 12 Jaeger bombs for fucking a load of Spanish students that you never met before and you're never going to see again. And then you went home and you bought two snack boxes in two different places. Bought one, got hungry before you got home, got another one and a slice of pizza. You know? So imagine being like that, but fucking having to decide having to try and win a war in Europe <laughs> fucking idiot Hitler you idiot he must have woken up some Sunday morning got oh my god what did I do last night oh Jesus Christ oh god Eva Eva Brown tell me tell me what did uh, what did I do last night Oh, you in oh mine mine Hitler, you invaded Russia. What? <laughs> invaded where? Oh fucking hell. He turned into a cockney. You know. No, the greatest military blunder of all time. Because he was out of his mind on speed. Um Fucking You know, I, could, uh, I remember one time being under the influence of uh, ecstasy when I was about 18 and I had a job and I went into work the next day and I could not do my job. So in a way, I suppose we should be grateful that Hitler was taking a, a lot of drugs because he couldn't do his job that well. But think about if they had nightclubs back there, back in Berlin in the 30s and 40s. Things could have been a lot different because Hitler could have gone there instead of fucking spending his nights invading countries. He could have been in a nightclub. And I'm not talking about the nightclubs that they did have back then. Where they were sitting around drinking martinis and listening to a fella play the trumpet. I'm talking about fucking nightclubs. Wall to wall leather. Arseless chaps. Um, you know, German nightclubs. Hard house industrial fucking music. And Hitler on fucking a cocktail of drugs and with those glow sticks you know those glow sticks spinning them around 
the world would have been a much better place. But anyway, that was 4.20. Welcome to the show. Shane's Brilliant Podcast. So, yeah, welcome to the show. I'm trying to think, did I do anything worth talking about in the last week? And of course, with this fucking lockdown situation, the answer is no. I watched TV and I and I sat in the, my chair and worried a lot. Me and uh, Kira, we watched a new Netflix show called The Innocence Files. Have you seen it? It's about uh, innocent people who are put in jail. And at first I was like, ugh, I don't want to see any more innocent people. What's all the documentaries are about? Innocent fucking people that were put into jail, blah, blah, blah. And now they get out after 20 years. Well done. (laughs) You know, it's all become entertainment and then you get sick of the entertainment. But that's the way it fucking goes. Because uh, I want, I was like, I want to see guilty people. I want to see people fucking who did it. I want to see those fuckers. They're the more interesting fuckers. You know, people always say, oh, they shouldn't focus on the serial killer. They should focus on the victims. But, I mean, I like the sentiment behind that. that you know, that's nice and stuff. But, I mean, who's more interesting? Some woman who has a job and... You know, she goes to college and uh, she was 25 and she was going to become a barrister. Or who's more interested in her or some fucking guy who eats people? You know what I mean? You can't compete with that. And that does, I'm not, obviously, I'm not saying they're bad, they're obviously much worse humans. But evil people are more interesting than good people. And it's sad, but it's true. But anyway, we watched this fucking documentary, man. And, uh, you know, it was good. Because that's what we're doing now. We're watching things together. Because that's what you do in a relationship now, isn't it? Like, that's the intimacy. I don't know what it was before. Because I, I can't remember my parents. <laughs> Maybe that was just my family. I can't remember my parents sitting down going, hey, we're going to watch TV together now. I think the TV was just on. But there was no, like, oh, we're going to sit down and watch um uh this tv show every week maybe that's a new thing but we well that's what we do now in relationships you go oh we'll try out this show together as for something to do especially in lockdown you know and then um if you move on without the other person that's bad that hurts if you're going like hey do you want to watch episode 5 and 6 of ozark and he or she is like, oh, I finished it. You're like, what? How could you? Without me. Or Kira. What Kira, do you know what she does sometimes when we're sitting here watching a movie or something? She gets her phone and reads what happens on Wikipedia while we're watching it. <laughs> Man, because she hates not knowing what's going to happen. But yeah, that's the way... TV shows are kind of the new intimacy. That's what I think. Like you wouldn't watch TV like with another girl. You know what I mean? Like if you were watching Breaking Bad and you got caught. Imagine you got caught watching it with another girl. You watch Breaking Bad with Melissa, you dirty bastard. 
how dare you? How could you fucking watch Breaking Bad with her? <laughs> you slut. She's a, she's, you know, how could you, that bitch? Be grounds for divorce. He watched the last two seasons of The Wire with his ex. <laughs> well, I've heard enough. Take him away, boys. You can kind of guess by my act out there that I've never been in a fucking divorce court. But you know what I mean. Don't go watching TV shows with other people. You could end up in a lot of trouble. But yeah, we watched this thing, Innocent Files, and it was about an innocent guy who got put in jail. I won't ruin it for you. But he um, got went to jail for a crime he didn't commit. And it would make, it made me think, fucking hell, man, that must be awful. Imagine going to jail for something you didn't do, you know? It would be terrible. But you know what? It would also be terrible. Going to jail for something that you did do. (laughs) That would be awful as well. Either of them would be terrible. Any path where you end up in jail. Either you do do something or you don't do something. And sometimes it might be even better if you actually did do it. That would be better, wouldn't it? Because sometimes if you didn't do it, you'd be sitting there going, oh, they have me in jail for a murder, killed a man that I didn't do. And you'd be thinking in your head, I wish I'd killed that bastard. (laughs) I'm doing the fucking time anyway. I wish I'd fucking shot him. But yeah, there's there's like 20. I think, uh, would I be able to do it? I don't think so. I'd be crying within three minutes. You know, like in, um, have you seen Shawshank Redemption? When they have bets on the fuckers that uh, the guy comes in and they have a bet on how long they can he can last before he gets broken. Well, that's the way I am. I would be fucking, I would be weeping within three minutes for my mama. Mama, get me out of here. Mama, get me out of here. Oh man, I would not last. Be terrifying. And they say that if you want to survive, you have to go up to the the, the biggest guy in the prison. The scariest, most meanest bastard in the prison. And you go up to him and you fucking headbutt him. And in that way, he, the rest of the fucking people will know that you are brave. And you're not to be messed with because you... Hit the you headbutted the scariest meanest guy in the whole place, but in reality, would that actually happen? Like if I went in to the fucking yard and I walked up to the tallest, most meanest, scariest scumbag in the whole prison and I hit him a headbutt, do you think they'd all everybody else would start going whoa, start cowering? No, I get the fucking shit kicked out of me <laughs> instantly. They would just kill me. They would, I'd be shanked. I'd be shanked. Even the guards would start sticking in. They'd be like, you idiot. What did you do that for, you fucking moron? You deserve to be fucking put into the sick bay. Whatever they call it. Um, so this is what my plan would be. I would go up to the guy. And uh, I would go up to him. And I wouldn't headbutt him. But I'd go. This is what I'd say. I'd say, hello. Hi. Please don't kill me. <laughs> please don't hurt me. Please. Please. I promise don't hurt me I'd beg I'd grab onto his legs I'd tears coming down my eyes please that would be my fucking plan 
That would be my tactic. I'd say, please, I'll do anything, and I'd wink. But yeah, I don't think I'd be able to survive in jail. Because I used, I grew up in the Gallows Field, Tralee, and sometimes you would see the dads would go on holidays. And I'm, you can't see it now, obviously, but I am using my fingers as quotation marks. That's what they used to say. The dad would go on holidays, but really he was inside in um, like Cork prison for some sort of, usually some sort of fraud, uh, vehicular fraud, selling stolen cars and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, they'd always come back maybe with a slightly more haunted look in their eye than they had going in. And uh, I wouldn't know, I know I would not survive in jail. I would wilt like a dying flower um, except for the jail Alcatraz in the film Escape from Alcatraz that is probably the best prison to be in only in that film though because everybody in that movie if you've ever seen it I mean it's called Escape from Alcatraz the spoiler is right in the title which is stupid it's like when I was going by in the DVD of Planet of the Apes and the fucking Statue of Liberty was right there on the front of the cover with Charlton Heston going god damn you all to hell right in the cover you know they might as well put the sled with Rosebud on it on the cover of Citizen Kane or they should have said on the DVD of The Sixth Sense The Sixth Sense brackets Bruce Willis is a ghost <laughs> but yeah so we watched that thing on Netflix and uh, I can't I want to find out what's going on going to happen in the next episode but I've got to wait for Kira you know I can't move on it's the curse of the modern relationship but TV is different now you know you have to watch it like in four hour chunks bring back the old days when you used to watch the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles <laughs> The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. What a ridiculous premise. Uh, you know what? I, I was thinking about them, actually. And if you think about Teenage Mutant... Because I used to be a huge fan of them. You know, I used to love... Especially Raphael was my favourite because he was kind of cool. He was the cool one. Uh, Leonardo was... What was he? Kind of, He was kind of the dashing hero, heroic one. Donatello was the smart one. Michelangelo was the idiot and Raphael was the fucking cool one. Alright. So I used to love him. And they were a huge part of my childhood. But I was thinking of recently, man, they must have smelled like shit. The turtles. They must have smelled bad. They must have smelled fucking hell. They lived in a sewers in New York. Cover I mean surrounded all day and night by the worst feces and just fucking human and animal waste you know they must they must have smelled so bad and you never think about it they never address it in the show there's never like an episode where they go man Donatello you need to shower man you honestly listen what's her name April O'Neill like, she should have said, hey, guys, lads, fucking, you need to shower, man. 
if I'm going to be coming here talking to you, helping you out, getting the scoop, you need to shower. I can't do this. This is too much. This isn't part. This I'm not paid to go around uh, hanging around with fucking turtles. Never mind turtles that smell like, you know, something that died inside a fucking horse's arse. You know, they smell like, I mean, they never really talk about it. And these are the things you don't realize when you're small that there's, you just take, you don't take, you only take what they put up on the screen. You know what I mean? You don't take, like, you don't think outside of that. But when you think outside of it, you think, Jesus, they smelled. And what, and the other thing is, why did they fucking have masks on? (laughs) What's the point? You know, what are they trying to protect their identities? Ooh, I wonder who these masked amphibious looking guys are. I can't say for certain if they're the fucking Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. They were wearing masks, officer. I couldn't say for sure. (laughs) Yeah, they had shells, half shells, and they were green. They smelled awful. But they had masks on, so I can't really. Who's to know? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And you always forget they were teenagers as well. You know? Kind of a sad life for them. Hanging around there with a rat. That's how bad they smell. Their only friend was a rat. But yeah, fucking Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, man. That's a big part of my childhood. I've been thinking about my childhood recently. Because I, I noticed that all my dreams... Every dream I have is my child is based around my childhood home like it might be something completely separate from my childhood i might be dreaming about anything and could be drinking dreaming about isis trying to kill me i did have a dream one time about isis trying to kill me but what i'm saying is it was set in gallows field my childhood home and like i haven't been there in 20 years and it's still every dream i have nearly is is there isn't that fucking weird it just shows you what a big effect childhood has on your your subconscious that you don't even know. Like it obviously has a huge effect because I'm still fucking dreaming about it 20 years later, you know. Like all my dreams are there. So I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Does that happen to you? Do you get, when you dream, is it like your childhood or is it just, you know, flying around in the sky or whatever? Um, it's always around my childhood like in my childhood home which is strange and that reminds me of a thing I read once how uh, your childhood home if you've moved away you know if you moved out of your childhood home and you grew up that means that uh, your childhood home is also somebody else's childhood home and that's fucking freaky like all the memories that you have about walking around, playing hide and seek with your sister, coming down at Christmas, opening the presents. You know, all those things that you think are, because it's in your childhood home, you think it's just your memories. You know what I mean? I remember actually, when I was about five, I came down early at Christmas morning, opened all the presents, opened my presents, my baby sister presents. <laughs> I got caught red-handed and I got fucking killed Christmas morning. Ruined Christmas that year. 
<laughs> destroyed it for everyone. I remember even my sister was crying, looking at me like, how could you? She was only two. But my point is, your childhood home is also somebody else's childhood home. And that's fucked up. I'd say to that person, get the fuck out of my home. My childhood home, man. That's not your childhood. That's only mine. What the fuck are you doing in my childhood home, you prick? Get out. That's for me. And me only. That the house of horrors. <laughs> but you know, there's a, sometimes you don't think of these things. Like you don't think of how your childhood affects you. You don't think about how people live in uh other people have the same childhood home as you and you don't think about how smelly the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are. And what the hell is a half shell? You know? It's just a shell. I've <laughs> had a fucking uh, tough week mentally, I think. This has probably been the most, the week I've been most uh, mentally down since uh, lockdown, you know? Um, I could feel like the the sadness move from my brain chemically. Like uh, I'm only doing it's only for my own fault because I've been staying up till it was edging to four in the morning and getting up at two the next day. You know that then drinking and fucking eating just shit and not taking care of myself. Basically, so. I could feel like I, I don't I don't know if this is true or not but I can feel the fucking if I'm getting like a bit depressed I can feel like the sadness f- coming from a point in my brain and spreading through my brain do you know what I mean like the chemicals from it maybe I don't know I think it ha- I started noticing that when I was meditating because uh, when you're meditating you're supposed to you te- you're, teach yourself to be aware of different sensations in your body you know you're hyper aware of them so you're aware of your foot fucking stuck up your arse when you're sitting on it or you're aware of your heart starting to beat faster so you can calm it down and you get you kind of pick up on things that you would never have picked up on before that's the fucking weird thing about when i was doing meditation like i when you're trying to quieten your mind you should hear the amount of shit that's going on in the background in your head you know what i mean Like, obviously you've got the voice in the front of your head. But the fucking stuff that's going on in the back, there's all sorts of noise and nonsense and shit going on there. And it's like it bubbles up into the front of your head. Do you know what I mean? Like, one time I was meditating, I saw a a thought form from the bottom of my mind. And I saw it form. I saw the thought where I could feel where it came from. I can't remember what the thought was. Probably something to do with breasts but uh yeah it was strange so now i think i can uh, feel like the sadness you know and uh that just means it's a chemical thing so there's nothing really to actually be sad about but that's a good sign that i'm not taking care of myself um so i had a fucking talk with myself i was like no man this has to stop you can't be using this fucking quarantine as an excuse to damage yourself because that's what I've been doing. I think a lot of us have been doing. They say that fucking uh, the uh, the drink sales are like up 40% or something. It's like Christmas for the last five weeks. And I went to the bottle bank the other day to throw away some bottles. And it was like 
I don't know, it was like a landfill of bottles. It was like bottles as far as the eye could see. Um, brown bottles, green bottles, white bottles, all different types of bottles. If you were a man who was really into his bottles, you would have had a field day. So I think I, yeah, so I've, I haven't had a drink now in like three days and I'm going to bed, right, you know, I went to bed last night at 11, you know, which is early for me. And you have to try and take care of yourself and just sit there without my phone and watch fucking The Innocence Files or think about the turtles. You know what I mean? Just fucking just, and I've been watching a lot about the John F. Kennedy assassination. Because when I fi- find myself in times of high stress, there's two things that I, I watch. I go back to the JFK assassination. I watch everything about it. And 9-11. I, like, I was studying for a massive test one time when I was in um, college. And uh, I was panicking because I didn't know what anything about it. And that was on like the Monday. The test was. And all the weekend before, instead of studying, I just watched 9-11 videos. The whole weekend. Another time I was stressed out. I tried to solve the John Benet Ramsey murder. Instead of studying. It's just how my mind works. So I've been fucking really getting into the John F. Kennedy assassination again. This weekend. So I'm going to talk about that on the Patreon cast. I'm going to go deep dive into it. Probably a two-parter. Um, but yeah, I need to take care of myself. How have you been getting on? And I want to hear from you if you've been, you know, struggling or if you've been um, doing okay. You know, are you actually enjoying the lockdown? That's possible too. Like I was at the first start, at the start of it, but now I'm kind of getting a bit antsy. You know, but like some people must be kind of, you know, this is fine, and it is. I mean, it is fine compared to some people, but. You know what I'm saying. And really what I'm missing is doing stand-up, man. Because that's the most thrilling fucking thing you can ever do. In my eyes. Instead of, apart from, I don't know, jumping out of a plane over the Sahara Desert naked with an anvil tied to your balls. That would be thrilling. But aside from that, stand-up comedy is, you know, I was, I got a, a, facebook memory today of uh, stand-up from like four years ago when i was just starting out and then i looked at it and i remember the gig and i remember thinking i was class but i was probably complete shit <laughs> but it reminded me of my first time doing stand-up comedy which was in um killarney um and i did it in a room over a pub and it was a bank holiday Sunday and it was a room over a pub a tiny little room smaller than this kitchen that you can't see and there was one two three four six audience members and my sister and Kira and fucking hell it was bad man oh wait there was another audience member Joe who was there a mini well not a mini a huge celebrity Junior brother, you know, great musician and singer if you don't know him. He's from Killarney area. His album is great. And you you probably know who he is. He came to my first uh, ever stand-up set in a room full of seven, six other people. And he'll tell you how bad it was. (laughs) My God, I didn't sleep for a fucking week before it. All I had to do was seven minutes. 
and before I went up seven minutes seemed like an eternity you know what I mean when I was thinking about it that week I was like how am I going to talk and tell jokes for seven minutes but um, I did and some of the jokes I told were terrible I wondered like some of them stayed in my act then for far too long <laughs> I had one about uh, the reason I was getting into comedy was because I wanted to follow my heroes I wanted to follow in the footsteps of my heroes like Woody Allen and uh, yeah, fucking I don't know Louis C.K. and then I said oh and that was supposed to get it that was supposed to be a joke <laughs> that was supposed to get a laugh and then I said oh it's sad though how all your heroes let you down you know when you grow up like uh, when I was a child you know I loved John Lennon turned out he was a wife beater loved Woody Allen he married his own stepdaughter and Jeffrey Dahmer and then that was supposed to get a laugh Jeffrey Dahmer man when I found out he murdered and ate 19 people I was so disappointed I tore down all my Jeffrey Dahmer pictures throughout my Jeffrey Dahmer commemorative cutlery <laughs> and on and on that was one of the first jokes I ever told on stage and then I had another one that was just it's too embarrassing to tell you I'm thinking should I Okay, but don't tell anyone this. This is fucking awful. Like, I would never tell a joke like this in a million fucking years now. I said, uh, hey, what? Oh, my God. Even thinking about it, cringe. I said, um, hey, <laughs> my duck dealer is addicted to quack. Good Christ. I hate myself. <laughs> thinking about that, that hurt. I mean, would you... Like you listen to this, you're not even a, a comedian or a wannabe comedian, but you would know not to tell that joke. But you know what the thing is, the most embarrassing thing, I that wasn't the only time I told that joke. I told it another time, in a small room that I have a video of, in uh, in Dublin. I came all the ways up to Dublin, and I did a set, and it was a full room. It was like my fifth time doing a gig and I told that fucking joke and just when I told that my friend Tony was there and he came to see me and when I told that joke I, I mean in my head I went fucking hell that's bad no one laughed and I my friend was sitting at the back of the room and I saw him and he looked at me he was looking at me he was panicking <laughs> he had a look of distress on his face so then I had an actual massive panic attack in the middle of a set. I have this on camera. I carried on. What a pro. But. I carried on. Finished the set. And then I remember afterwards. Like hyperventilating. And going. I'm never doing fucking comedy again. That's it. It's over. I don't want to fucking do it. Ah. <laughs> yeah. The fucking panic attack on stage. All because of that stupid fucking duck joke. My duck dealer's addicted to quack. But really, I mean, I'm not talking good about it, but stand-up comedy is great. <laughs> Massive panic attacks. But yeah, I miss that, you know. And I can't wait to get back to it. But it looks like it probably won't be until next year, 2021. And I'm lucky, man. I have a day job, you know. And I have this podcast to kind of keep my mind occupied once a week. And um, 
other things i might start making videos you know but there, there are other comedians who uh stand up as all they have you know that's their job uh for me it's a wannabe job but it was uh, you know i've never been successful enough at it to make it a job full-time and i hope to someday but some people it is their job so they're you know they're fucked and it's uh sad you know to see that happen to people that you know and i'm sure that's not the only obviously stand-up isn't the only industry but you know that's the most people i know are stand-up so that's what uh but when you think that some of us started telling jokes like my duck dealer's addicted to quack you probably think you know what you should be out of a fucking job (laughs) jesus um yeah but i have to keep an eye on my head man keep an eye on your mental health and not just your mental health your physical health everything just fucking i think i'm gonna go straight edge for the rest of the lockdown just be clear clear minded you know and i'm not gonna look down on anybody that's fucking staying up till six o'clock every day drinking because that is what i would love to do i would love now tonight to just buy six cans uh seven cans and just start playing games and buy a big bag of Doritos and um, do multi-pack twirls and just fucking go hell to leather and just destroy myself. Nothing would make me happier than that. But no, um, I have to get on the fucking right road. And if Bob Marley comes to me, 420 Bob Marley, I'm going to have to turn him away (laughs) and turn to Jesus. I'm going to say, hey, not we, Jesus talking about real jesus this is the end of this week's podcast i hope that you enjoyed the show uh hopefully next week i'll talk to you again and may god bless you all hop nob